fans, this is that time of the year where we are excited but exhausted because we are just watching movies, movies, movies. So we're going to talk about a bunch of new releases. We're going to talk about award season. And our guest today is one of our St. Louis Film Critics Association colleagues, Jim Betts. Hey, Jim. Hello, everybody. Glad to be back. Happy to be here. Coming up next, we'll talk Jumanji. Around minute 17, we'll talk about Richard Jewell. Around minute 32, The Two Popes. Around minute 43, the St. Louis Film Critics Association Awards. We'll give our picks. Around one hour and nine minutes, what's out on DVD right now. And around one hour and 12 minutes, what's coming up next week, including Lynn's Sons Film Festival. My name is Carl Middleman, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at underscore Carl the Intern, and on Instagram that way too. And I'm Lynn Venhouse, and literally we've been watching two, three movies a day for a couple weeks, haven't we? Man, yeah, yeah, yeah. marathon viewings. Yeah. But we have two, we have three. Sorry, well, two, two that I care about. One that. The, that is going to be probably. Yeah. Do you think it'll be the number one movie this weekend? Uh, yeah, Jumanji will. Yeah, you it's think so? Rock. I think it's going to knock off the Frozen Girls from the top spot, but it'll be close. Okay. I think. Well, let's so. let's talk about it since I have seen none of the three movies, but this is a direct sequel to the second one featuring yes. Dwayne the Rock Johnson and Jack Black and Karen Gillan and Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. Yes. Yeah, I did uh, see the first one with Robin Williams which I enjoyed when my kids were little and then I have not seen the other one. Well, I had an interesting talk uh, before the screening of this one with one of uh, Jim Tudor's kids and uh, I was saying uh, this is uh, I guess you know, technically this is Jumanji 3 I said well it's, it would be more Jumanji 4 because a lot of folks consider Zathura a space adventure from 2005 a sequel to uh, really? to uh, Jumanji it's from the same author and it involves a board game so I guess I could kind of see that connection but this is the second in the reboot of uh, the reimagining as they they call well, it in don't Hollywood. they don't they pay attention to the the Robin Williams lore well not so much in the one from a two years ago but uh, I'm happy to report in this one there are a couple of nice nods to the uh, to the original so uh, so if you're a fan of the uh, of the first film from 95 then you'll uh, you should stick around for the end credits I'll just say that I don't want to give away okay too well much. but you people should know this because I told many people to stick around for the end credits of frozen 2 and they were very happy when they did that yes. because people don't some people just stick around for everything. Others, like Lynn, she left even knowing that she should have stuck around for the end of Frozen 2. So I left, <laughs> I left during the... the Weezer song in the credits. I thought that I said, was okay. No, Sometimes things take more priority, I guess. I know, like, like yes. <laughs> like life. Not to I... be done, you know, coarse yes, or anything. Yes. You know, it was a little long, that movie, I'm just saying. Yeah, okay. yeah. So yeah. Um, the question that most young ladies are going to want to know, is Joe Jonas in this movie again? Well, I think it's actually Nick Jonas. It doesn't matter. <laughs> They're all one it, Jonas it's, brother. It, it, they is is, is the Jonas brother in this movie? He is in this. Uh, he returns as a character nicknamed Seaplane. And uh, he's sort of, I call him a junior Indiana Jones or maybe a slightly older Johnny well, He was Quest. the one that was originally trapped in the game. Yeah, yeah in he the was reboot. trapped like uh, 20 years. I think his, uh, his real world uh, counterpart is Alex, uh, played by, I believe, Colin Hanks. 
and uh, they both return in this film. Okay. And uh, did, you, did you see Jumanji? I forgot to ask you. Did you see Jumanji? Neither of you saw it. Okay. Well, no. I guess it's it's me talking well, about no, it. Well, no, that's fine. Yes. That's why I'm asking you all these questions about okay, it. Okay. Well, I wasn't sure if Lynn had seen it or not. So. No, I just saw Jack Black on uh, Seth Meyers the other night and saw clips, and he talked about it, and it just it looks fun. It looks really like is a it crowd as, pleaser. Is it uh, as good as the second one? Uh, as it is, is that as good as the uh, Welcome to the Jungle, which the the one okay. from two years ago? Is it as good as good as that? I don't think so. Then again, you were you know kind of getting to know these Avatar characters and the kids that uh, get swept up in this thing. Mm-hmm. Like I said, this uh, this uh, movie takes place a couple of years after the uh, after the previous one, and now the kids are out of high school. The four kids are out of high school. They're spread out to colleges across the country, and oh. everyone seems to be adjusting to college life well, except for Spence, uh, played up there. I believe by Alex Wolf, I think is the actor's okay. name, but I'll check that. And who's he played in the he, game? He plays well in the uh, two years ago. He was uh, Doctor uh, Doctor Smolder uh, Brave Braveheart or Bravestone Bravestone. That's his okay. character name. That was the the Dwayne the Rock Johnson okay. character. And uh, he's not, uh, you know, enjoying uh, college in New York, but it's it's Christmas break time, and they're all the kids are all going to get together for brunch uh, back at the hometown in, in New Hampshire. And uh, Spence returns home, and uh, he finds out he's going to have to uh, share a room because the uh, downstairs heater is busted. He's have a share room with Grandpa Eddie, who is uh, the the best addition to this film, and that is Danny DeVito. Oh, nice! And Danny DeVito, Good. man, he can still just just kill you with uh, just an eyebrow raise or his 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 little shuffle in this. He's uh, he's uh, getting nursed back to health. Uh, he's uh, he's uh, under, had some sort of hip injury. I bet I don't they know if it's have a, a nice chem- Well, it's Dwayne the Rock Johnson and Danny DeVito don't. Don't they, really they don't meet. have any scenes. Don't really meet, but Danny does have nice chemistry with another Danny, Danny Glover. Okay. It uh, turns out, uh, though they get an unexpected visit from him uh, the second morning that uh, that Spence is back, and uh, Danny's character Eddie has been ducking uh, Danny Glover's character Milo. They used to uh, be a co-owners of a restaurant, and they had a falling out. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're, he, the, the, Milo's trying to mend fences, and while they're doing that, uh, Spence is supposed to go down to the local diner to meet with his buddies but like i say he's he you know doesn't really have any good college stories so he doesn't want to do that so of course he goes downstairs pulls out the briefcase where the remains of the game was that uh, supposedly fridge his buddy destroyed two years ago Mm -hmm. and somehow he's able to put things together and he gets zapped into the game of course and uh with his three compatriots. Well, not uh, not not, yet, not initially. Not initially, because his uh, the three buddies that he uh, he ditched at, or, or he he just uh, didn't We're show avoiding, up for right. avoiding at the diner. They come to the house looking for him, and Danny says, "Yeah, he was down in the basement or something like that." They go down, they see that the game has been somewhat put together, and they say, "Well, don't touch it." And as soon as they you know say that, of course, it sparks up. And two of the uh, the three companions get zapped away, and so you're immediately back at the game with the four avatars. Uh, let's see, the uh, I think uh, her character was uh, was it Nancy? I, I forget, but uh, Spence's girlfriend uh, is uh, is uh, Ruby Roundhouse again, I believe. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Except uh, this time, Fridge is now uh, the Jack Black character, Professor Oberon. And Spence's avatar, Dr. Smolder, is Eddie. Oh, so and, they switched characters yeah, this time. Yeah, okay. and Finbar, the uh, Kevin Hart character, is Milo. 
So basically, The Rock and Kevin Hart are inhabited by a couple of guys in their seventies, <laughs> which actually, and I, I said in my review, I was entertained by Kevin Hart in this, and generally, you know, he's like fingernails on a chalkboard to me in, in lots of his but films. But he and Dwayne, this is what their third or fourth movie together. Yeah, well, yeah. they've done the two Jumanjis, they did the uh, uh, Central, Central Intelligence, Intelligence. and uh, in this he, uh, that uh, that since uh, Milo is inhabiting the the, the body of Finbar. Yeah, Kevin's not doing the motor mouth, you know, rat a tat tat, you know. He's stuff. acting. He's acting, and he's acting like uh, kind of like Danny Glover, and a little bit more like uh, Morgan Freeman. That kind of city. Well, I tell you this, yeah, this and that, and, he's, <laughs> and it's driving Eddie crazy. He's like, "Will you just get to the point, for goodness sake?" So he's, you know, like a, a meandering storytelling uh, older guy. And of course, they've got a mission in this. They've got to find some so they can sort get out a, because the other two kids they know what they need to do and the older guys don't know what's going on yeah yeah so they're having to, to burst them in it and uh basically it's a change of scenery we start out in the jungle nigel comes to tell them their uh, their mission which is to recover some sort of gem which will which has been stolen by jorgen the brutal and it's this <laughs> towering you know bl- guy dressed in black and uh, it's turned you know the the, the Jewel's missing and it's turned everything, you know, into a, a desert wasteland. Oh, no. And so uh, Nigel gets them on a plane and drops them in the middle of the desert. So we have the four, instead of being in the jungle, they're in the desert. And uh, they're trying to uh, to catch up with Jorgen and his people. And they have an adventure in a Casablanca-like town. And uh, pretty soon they are in pursuit of the Jewel again. And they end up in a snowy uh, sort of... Uh, castle in the Because you know most deserts are right next to Arctic Just wastelands. Hop, yeah, hop, skip, and a jump. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, they've got some vehicles on hand. Ah, okay. And that's where they meet up with Seaplane again. And they also meet up with a new avatar played by Aquafina. Oh, good. From The Farewell. Yes, indeed. She's playing a, a master thief uh, called Ming. And actually, when we meet her, she is... Uh, Stealing she's, the jewel. She's, well, she's Spence. That's where that's oh. who Spence is. Okay. So, uh, so yeah. I'm here to help you guys. Yeah, yeah. So they uh, they get her together, and then they uh, they uh, I think Bethany, who's on the other side, contacts Alex, and Alex goes back in to become seaplane again, and Bethany come becomes a new avatar. But I don't want to reveal that. But it's kind of shown in the poster for the film. Now, this would mean a lot more to me if I saw the one before this, or even the one after that. But I'm actually following everything you say. And I have said for the last, let's say, 20 years that Dwayne The Rock Johnson elevates everything he's in because he goes for it and he is either in on the joke or playing everything to the hilt. If he was not in this movie, would it be as good? I would say no, it would not be as good. Although he's having a little tough time when he's inhabited by Eddie because he's trying Danny to DeVito. do Danny DeVito's character because he's trying to do like a, a a New England accent, and so he's really hitting the the car and the park really hard in this. <laughs> it's and, uh, not uh, work. worked with the dialect coach. But he does try. <laughs> he does try. He's 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 game. He's committed. He's not. He's, his his uh, uh, little dialects is not as funny as uh, as Kevin Hart's uh, you know little uh, little ticks playing Danny like Glover. That. Yeah, yeah. And so you know, it's it's just kind of you're just kind of waiting around for one set piece set piece to the next, one action sequence to the next. Uh, I I was really disappointed they don't give Aquafina a lot of funny stuff to do. Hmm. And we know from Ocean's Eight and from uh, Crazy Rich Asians and the Farewell. She, 
yeah, she can really, you know, really, you know, kill it if she's got a good, good, funny script. She can steal scenes like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. You know, so she's instead she's trying to steal, you know, jewels and all right. <laughs> this one. But uh, you know, if you were a, fans of the one before this, you will be fans of the, or will yeah, you be disappointed? Yeah, I, I think it runs on a little too long. I think it goes about twelve or thirteen minutes too long. I'd say that the uh, the, the the beasts, the creatures in this are, are looking better, certainly better than the ninety. Five film, well, of course. but even a little bit better than the one a couple of years ago. They have to fight off an army of ostriches, which it's something when they can make ostriches kind of scary in a mm-hmm. film. <laughs> and an army of that. mandrels who okay. uh, are uh, jumping around on a, a rope bridge, but it's a rope bridge that's twirling into all sorts of different configurations, which is a, uh, which helps out helps out that uh, the fact that uh, Professor Oberon, the Jack Black character, one of his new skills on this new level is algebra and geometry so he's able to calculate how they can get across the bridges so that's kind of fun but is jack uh, black aging well i think so i'm wondering though you uh mentioned that he was on with uh, on a talk show i seth myers seth myers he's there's been this flurry of rumors about him saying he's retiring from films, but he's kind of taken walk that back a little bit or taken oh, it back. Oh, oh yeah, no. Um, he was very entertaining the other night. He came out in his usual, uh, you know, Chris Farley type acting, which is great because when I met Jack Black, he is the opposite of that. He's a very quiet, reserved guy, and so when you he's hear on, all the time. Yeah. When he's on, he's on. Yeah, but he, he jumped on the desk and oh, was good. Well, dancing. Good, because he knows he knows how to play. He's getting gray. Okay. And he has sure. a 13-year-old and 11-year-old son. Well, yeah, that's... Yeah. yeah, he's making videos for the internet with his son where they're, uh, you know, many action movies or something. Well, he's going back on the road with Tenacious D. Yes, good. Yeah, yeah. Kyle's got nothing going on so. and, <laughs> and i, they're, lo- they're and I love tenacious in, yeah. d they're big in different countries they're real big in uh, i, I, I went and saw a tenacious d in concert speaking of love i, I certainly enjoy karen gillen in this she's oh. as lovely as ever and she can uh, and she has a couple of new uh, new skills too she does dance fighting and uh, works with nunchucks is she doing her irish lilt no, or is really. she doing or scottish well, well, she's inhabited for the most part, like I say, by the uh, the, the the one of the, the the Nancy character, I think is her okay. name from the from the film, and um, you know she's she's doing okay, you know, doing a fairly good American accent. Okay. For a while, she's uh, she's inhabited by Fridge, and she she gets to be all you know you know macho and all that. But uh, she's but, on the circuit too this week. Oh yeah, promoting this, and she said she wishes that she could redo the first half of her first season on Doctor Who because she doesn't. She says she knows how to act now, because back then she was just eye candy. Well, she's she's quite lovely, and it's even when they have to get in their snow gear for the last uh, third of the film. So I got to go back to Carl Meat and Jack Black. When did you meet Jack? Black? I met Jack Black. He was he came to the point because they were Tenacious D was in town. Oh, okay. Tenacious D was in town, and he was very, very nice. And I mean, I met Kyle too. Oh, yeah, so. I did too. I met Kyle. He was at uh, Union Station with another band. Well, it was probably, probably, possibly the same tour. Really? Well, he doesn't. Wasn't oh no, with this, he wasn't with Tenacious D that time. I don't think so. Yeah. My uh, son saw nice him guy. Tenacious D with Weezer. Yeah, that's. I. I it was at uh, I think the Family Arena. Yeah. And I went, and he came. To, they came to the point first, and so I met them. Uh, he was really, really nice, and uh, he had this very demure little girlfriend with him at the time. So, 
Interesting. Interesting. There's a lot of comedians because when I talked to Alex Winter about filming Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, uh, he talked about George Carlin was very quiet. Yeah, I'm sure. And brilliant when he did talk, but just quiet. There's a lot. You hear that so much. So Jumanji was fun then, Jim? Yeah, yeah. Well, Jack Black himself, he's inhabited by the Fridge character, so he's kind of skirting on some political incorrectness there, but I kind of compared it to uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder. Jack was in that Okay. Yeah. Kind of the, you know, it's the same yeah. sort of inflection and, and still you know, <laughs> so line should, delivery. So should we talk about the true story or the really true story? Well, uh, before we get to that, I want to ask what uh, age is Jumanji suitable for, for kids? Oh, oh that's a good It's PG-13, right? Yeah, it's PG-13. I think, you know, some of the stuff with the animals might scare some of the littlest ones. But I think from probably around six... Uh, Six to, uh, you know, probably 15 or 16 or whatever. Don't be know? a bad parent. Because, you know, this is the time of year where everybody's looking they for stuff to, to do with the kids. And since Star Wars will be sold out on Christmas, if you don't have your tickets already, Jumanji might be a good alternative. And the aquarium's already sold out Christmas Day. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> we'll go on. <laughs> All right. So do you want to do the really true story or the true story? Uh, what do you want to do? Let's 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 go to Richard Jewell. That's a good idea. Let's go to yes. Richard Jewell. And I have avoided the controversy, reading about the controversy, mm-hmm. because I have to do more research before it. But uh, as a movie, to me, it's it's it just makes me so angry about what happened to this man because it was a trial by media. It was a rush to uh, presume guilty. Yeah. It was a just awful display of what can happen for 90 days ruin basically ruin the guy's life and even though he was apologized to he was exonerated do they they show him on saturday night live no they don't they don't mention that and i i was surprised when i was doing my research it said that uh that uh, Richard was married for a time. Yes. But they don't uh, mention Dana, I think, was the yeah. name of it. They yeah. don't mention yeah. her in the movie? Yeah, not at all. Yeah. No. Oh, no. No, it basically well, just... get her rights. Yeah. That's they stick... Because after his death, they were still suing people. He sued NBC News and CNN. And, and made Yeah, and won. And he did sue Atlanta Journal-Constitution. But after all these you know appeals and everything, he was already dead by the time it got to the... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, was overturned and all that kind of stuff. So the thing... I didn't like about Clint Eastwood's Sully was that it was 100% not true. The whole courtroom scene, mm-hmm. nothing, they, did, they didn't investigate Sully at all. That, that was totally made up for the film. Yeah, well, it, this is the screenwriter Billy Ray, who mm-hmm. who's a good screenwriter. He wrote yeah. Captain Phillips. Okay. He was Oscar nominated for that. So, you know, Clint's style is cut to the chase. Clint he, does not he, waste time. One take, Clint. Yeah, he does not waste time, and this is... That's why you had the fake baby in uh, American Sniper. <laughs> well, yeah, I, well, I was reading IMDb. It said that uh, Clint did not sign in, sign up for this movie until May of this year. Wow. Yeah, it's because he's, he's quick. Just, yeah, they yeah. just did it. But the, the, he's the, making the, about one movie a year. The yeah, selling yeah. point of this film is the cast. Oh. So good. Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates is so good. Sam Rockwell's not playing a racist. Sam Rockwell. (laughs) But but Sam Rockwell is so good. He plays the anti-authoritarian lawyer. And he's fabulous. Uh, Paul Walter Hauser, who previously played dim bulbs in Itania 
and in oh, Black Klansman. Oh, he was the boyfriend. He, no, 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 he, he wasn't was, the was He was one of the friends. He was the Lulee's associate who insisted that he was a secret advisor yes. to us, the CIA. <laughs> the CIA said, That's no, true. you're not. <laughs> yeah, and he also was in uh, Late Night, one of the comedy okay. writers. So he has, uh, he you know, he yeah. does have a little so, range. But, but he's acted he's acted with talent. It's not like they just plucked this guy from right. He's no. been in Oscar-nominated movies. Yeah, well, right. Oscar winning ones. I talked right. about Oscar. Right, for, right, true, yeah. If you, put, if you put a picture of him and Richard Jewell. They look alike. Oh, my God. It's yeah, but uncanny. you know what? When I saw, but, he, but same with I, Tanya. He, he looked <laughs> like the guy then, too. <laughs> he did. But, oh. Uh, but, yeah, oh, you talk about people making the circuit. I saw John Hamm talking about this film on both Good Morning America and uh, live with uh, Kelly Lee and Ryan Lee. And, who's, and so, <laughs> so who is Mr. Hamm on this? Mr. Hamm is, uh, uh, he says he's uh, a compilation of characters. Or oh, he's a composite. Uh, composite, that's what I was looking he, for. Uh, Tom Shaw is his uh, character and FBI agent. He is and the he is he's the, the guy that makes the mistake. Yes. Well, he said that, uh, well, John, I think on one of the talk shows this morning, said that when they were in Atlanta and the actual locations, people came up to him and said, so what what are you making? He says, well, we're doing a movie about Richard Julie. And they say, oh, the guy that bombed the, uh, the Olympics. And he's like, no, 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 no. He, the people, that's he, all people He found remember. the bomb. I know. I okay, know. so. He was a hero. He prevented thousands of lives 1996, being lost. Oh. And that was the original story. Right. In 1996, <laughs> this security guard, Richard Jewell, found the bomb that was going to blow up and then within a week they thought that he was the one that planted it. it yeah, like three it was days, yeah, 3 days. 3 days yeah. he fit according the to this FBI guy the loner bomber profile cuz he was, you know, a little chubby, he was a little socially awkward, you know, just basically an ordinary joe that uh but he took his job very seriously. They they preface the the Atlanta Olympics with all his security jobs and he was very overzealous. But John Had Hamm, he been fired from them? From my Piedmont College. Uh, yeah, yes. yeah, he was a, pulling over kids. And, yeah, well, he was you know, knocking on the dorm you know, doors. Oh, he, he took his job parties. very seriously. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so so it shows how zealous he was about this, you know. And, and he got made fun of for being so, so, um, he wanted law and order. He wanted that career. So his mother's a little overprotective. Bobby, she's still alive. She, uh, the cast has bonded with her. Um, and that's so, Kathy Bates. Um, yeah, Kathy yeah. Bates. Who has been nominated for a Golden Globe, I believe. For right, this. for this. And she might be nominated for an Oscar for this. And uh, so what happens is the FBI leaks this information to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And this reporter, played by Olivia Wilde, is not looked upon, uh, or, you know, and she... There's your controversy. Yeah, 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 yeah Carl and I were talking a bit about that for you before you got here. And, uh, yeah, this is just based on a real person who's not with us any longer now and olivia wilde says she does not believe that the real life person is the way that the movie portrays her right and olivia wilde in real life her parents are both journalists now people have been asking me because you know i've been a journalist for over 40 years and uh people asking me and so to me it's like in every profession there are unscrupulous people there are people that, uh, you know, have questionable ethics, and we all know that in every profession. So when it's in media, it's a spotlight, and it makes the rest of us look bad because that's why we get this fake news, enemy of the people, whatever. Did she really have uh, sex, sex with to the, the story? To get the story. 
you know, uh, obvious. And this woman's not around to defend herself. Right. So I would like to know what what liberties they took with it. I don't know. Well, Olivia Wilde says they took a lot of liberties. Yeah. And so so I I didn't read up on it before I did my review. I just wanted to do the movie as right. a review cuz you know, we are reviewing a movie. Correct. But but that but always... that can taint your right. enjoyment of a film if they got it so wrong. That's why I hate Sully so much because it didn't happen. Well, that's and, what makes, and yeah. that's another thing that upsets me about the Irishman. They are portraying it as fact. Martin Scorsese is laying credence to this guy's crazy ramblings. Yeah, and I'm not a big fan of a beautiful day in the neighborhood's liberties either because he that he didn't, didn't have a dysfunctional dad, and so that bothers me. But I get it. It's you know when they it's say dramatic spy, license. yeah, dramatic yeah, license because you know everyone, everyone's favorite movie. The Sound of Music didn't happen that. They got yeah, on a train yeah. and left town. Yeah, yeah. And also uh, when they say inspired by true events, and then they also have that disclaimer always at the end. They were asking me about this last night in KTRS. I, you know, there's always a disclaimer that this is fiction. Right. This isn't based on, you know, that's the legal It's not a documentary. Ways. No, this is thoroughly vetted legally, you know, right. to make they sure. That's why... That's why John Hamm's a composite guy yes, rather yes. than somebody's name. Right. And like in Bombshell, Margot Robbie is a, 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 a Robbie is yeah, a, composite. She's a, she's a composite. So you don't know. I mean, you know Gretchen Carlson's story and you know Megan Kelly's story. Well, you don't really know Gretchen Carlson's story because she still has an NDA. Yeah. So, so you know, it's all interesting. But we have more and more and more and more movies But as based the on... film goes... I liked it. I gave it a B plus. Oh, I think it's terrific. I gave it three and a half out of four stars. I think it's one of the strongest films of the year. I think it might hit, uh, if not my top ten list, uh, maybe a runner up or something like yeah. that. Yeah. I uh, I Does was it a, vindicate Richard Jewell. Exactly. Yes. It does. Yes. Yes. yes it, it you just feel so. so bad for does this guy. Does it trash but, NBC and the Atlanta Journal Constitution? Uh, somewhat. Yes. And, and CNN. And the FBI. <laughs> and the FBI. Yes. But you know what? <laughs> the, does, well, does the, Clint Eastwood have an agenda to make sure that those three organizations are uh, not seen in the best light? Well, maybe a bit because he's you know been not treated by the well by the press over the years. So and, well, uh, he not, hates uh, bureaucrats. Yeah, he hates yeah. bureaucrats. So of course he's going to have a and little I love agenda. Clint, and I love Clint, and he has gotten he's up and down in the last 10 years oh, yeah. he puts out something like the mule and then he puts out something like this oh this is this is well some i i was saying in my review i think it's his best maybe since american sniper but uh, i've heard somebody else saying it might be his best in 10 years so maybe his best since uh, million dollar baby okay uh, because this this is really strong does he put himself him. in the film no 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 nobody's watching rawhide on tv <laughs> and scenes in it. but yeah the way they treat the, the fbi is well you know, you feel sorry for Richard Jewell, but he frustrates you yeah. so much. Because if he so would just during, say something well, or had a lawyer. He's his well, own worst like, enemy, really. Yeah, one of the best scenes is, is towards the end when he's going in for the final time to the FBI. And Sam Rockwell's character, Watson, says, Richard, get mad. <laughs> he finally does at the end of it. And you're like, hallelujah, you know. Because the, the FBI, they tried to trick him a couple of times. Oh, they did. It's oh, so yeah. Oh. It's so frustrating. You're waiting for, for Watson to come in and be his rescuer. It's like, get him out of there. But They've it didn't happen. Him. Yeah, well, they, they have him recording, you know, you've got there's a bomb in Centennial Park. You know, we need to do a voice match, so we need to hear you say this. And they have him repeating it like, 
like eight times before Watson comes in there and say, "What are you doing?" It's like, no, no, you know. And he wants to, you know, cooperate so much. He's like, you know, he's going to help strap himself into the electric chair or something. You just, I know. So. He just, he's so, he, he just, you know, I don't know. He's just one of those by the book dudes, you know. But he, he died. Was railroaded. He died at age forty-four. And they hinted that in the film that he, a couple of times he's clutching his chest, and I don't know if this is. Oh, he had a heart issue. He yeah, had heart well, issues and diabetes. Oh, yeah, he's also and he's, a big guy. A big yeah, guy. Well, but they, he, he wasn't really that big of a guy. No, but he's pretty pretty stocky. I think. They, oh, they show they intersperse a little. Well, bit actually, at the end. The, well, not at the end, but there's a scene where I think. Uh, Mom or someone is watching the Today Show interview with Katie Nash. And it's the real, it's the real yeah. but they it's dubbed the in guy. Walter Hauser's voice over okay. him. But they use the real guy in that sequence. But uh, you're, we're talking about uh, scenes and situations. I think in our in the, our best scene category of the year for our awards, they mentioned the discovery of the bomb, and that is the most one of the most suspenseful, nail biting sequences. Even though you knew what happened, exactly, and it, it, didn't, reminded, go, it didn't kill anybody. It reminded me of what Hitchcock said many years ago. He said, "You, you, you know, you two sh- people walk in a room, sit down at a table, and a bomb goes off. That's not suspense. No, you tell the audience there's, there's a, bomb a bomb under in the there. table, and let them come into the room and just." have a conversation well, uh, the beginning of inglorious bastards yeah. is, the, is the hitchcock principle of that because you know that there's a family underneath there yeah, yeah and you don't know that he knows that too yeah oh my god that that one? movie that scene is so incredibly oh, the tense. Scene in, in centennial park yeah, yeah. Uh, also uh they did get the real guy they okay. did charge yeah. the real guy, but that. now his name is Eric something. But Eric but, Rudolph, but I think. yeah, no one, but is he? Yeah, no, no it's one remembers just, him. It's just it's just that this has happened before. This trial by media, and it's yeah. just really sad when and, you have to. And I remember and, he was on Saturday Night Live. Yes. he came up to he came on Weekend Update, and he said what it, it, it was really not funny. It, yeah. yeah, it was just like they're like, "Why are you here?" And he said, uh, "This is part of my settlement." <laughs> <laughs> did you did you go back and watch it? No, no, no. no. Oh. But uh, no. what John Hamm was saying that uh, this this all occurs in '96, so this is when the internet was really in its infancy. Yeah. So if, you, could you only imagine if this happened like now. today? Oh, you know, oh, yeah. It would have been you know tarred and feathered. Practically. The outrage machine would you have know, just gone been, in overdrive. Oh yeah, death threats and and all this kind of stuff. So. But uh, it, uh, the ending is a little weird. Because he sometimes, dies. Well, well but the, we see a little bit of him a couple of years after the events in Atlanta. Because he won. He won. He was yeah. like an assistant sheriff somewhere in okay. some town. Yeah, in some town, yeah. yeah. So he gets a but visit. But they don't mention Watson. that he got married. No, no. They don't. there's no mention of that mm-hmm. at all. Maybe yeah, the wife yeah. didn't want anything to do with it. Could be, could be. But Maybe uh, this is the mom story, not the wife story. <laughs> yeah, I do think it's the, yeah, yeah. The mom feels vindicated, but, well, you know, I think the cast, I, I saw Kathy Bates on, because mm-hmm. they're all making the, the rounds. yesterday. Yeah, and she mm-hmm. said, um, we all wanted to, like, write this wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, they felt very, they had a mission. They are going to write this wrong. Good. Yeah, and uh, it's like I say, it's a, it was a real surprise for me how good this was, considering, like you say, Clint's track record the last few years. It's, it's but up this and down. is this is a this is a home run for him. This is uh, well, this I think the really story good. is ready made for a 
Yeah. You know, well, like, think, well, why is it taking so long? I don't know. I, I, you, I mentioned about IMDb saying he signed on in May. Well, previous, previous to that, I think that uh, David O. Russell was, was dancing around it. Uh, Paul Greengrass was attached for a while. Ooh. And one of the reasons why Jonah Hill well, is an suspense. executive producer is because he, he was, was going to play, play Richard Jewell, Jewell. For, uh, for a few years. Well, and uh, I'm wondering if Leo DiCaprio was going to produce that uh, that film with Jonah Hill. Or Brad Pitt. Or something. Could be, could be. But, All right, uh, let's let's move on to something happier. <laughs> yeah, more so uplifting. On. And being a Catholic, I know all about this. Oh. Yeah, there I. Are two, there are currently two popes. Yes. Yes, I enjoyed this movie so much, and it's an acting showcase for sure. And I, I do have some information from. I mean, you know, like what was real and what wasn't. But I think they basically captured. Did they watch a soccer game together? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that, but I love that scene. Yeah, and uh, yeah. it, it's uh, based on. And I don't think I told this last night, and Ray Hartman was like, "Really?" And I said, "Yeah, uh, you do." Not not have to be a Roman Catholic to enjoy this film. I think you have to be a believer. I think you have to be some sort of spiritual, have some sort of spiritual. But thing, you also but have to, you also have to accept the fact that a pope can be alive and retire. Right, right, which and, is rare. Oh, rare. it's only happened what three, four times, three Something times. Like that. Yeah, in in the history of the church. But you would not think that a couple of popes sitting around talking would be so fascinating. Oh, Is yeah. it like my but dinner it, with Andre at the Vatican? No, I nah. wouldn't say so. I, I, no, no, because they do delve into. Well, yeah, they the, disagree on a lot of they things. They do, and, and you get uh, get the backstory on Pope yeah, Francis quite a bit in this because of the South American right. uh, contingent. Well, it starts off with John Paul II, m- m- beloved, and now a saint. Mm-hmm. Is they you know has died. The rules on that. <laughs> died, and I have a holy card. <laughs> I saw him live. <laughs> oh, oh, when they were here. No, well, I saw him live when he was here, but I also saw him live in Rome in 1998. I was probably this close to him. Awesome. As so, let's say within 10 feet of him, because our tour guide. Here's something. If you ever go to Rome, if you go to Vatican City, do not try to get all the way up to the front. Try to get by the rail because the Pope comes around in the Pope mobile and goes through the crowd. So you don't want to be up front. You want to be where the the Pope mobile goes. And you if you stay by that, you will be right by him. Cool. So if you know that, now you know. So uh, the Pope died. Yeah, the Pope died, and Joseph Ratzinger of Germany, very conservative. Yes, he's considered the lead guy, but he's also old. But so they get to the Cardinal Conclave, you know, the whole thing about the white smoke and everything, mm-hmm. and all these people are in or uh, Jorge Borgoglia's corner. He is the first. South, South American, American. Sir, uh, under the, the hemisphere to be considered for Pope. And so uh, Ratzinger gets the most votes, but it's interesting because Bergoglia. He, he was second place. Yeah, was second <laughs> place. And it kind of shocked people because it was like, whoa. And, yeah, but they and he was they so humble. Ma- they don't make that no. public. No, no. But I mean, the, the Cardinals and all these other Cardinals that were like maybe front runners, they were all saying to him, oh, no, we want you. You're progressive. You're what the church needs and everything. And But and then they voted for the guy from Germany. Yeah, yeah. 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 So 
uh, Jorge is a very humble dude, and he's different. There's this beautiful scene where he's in the bathroom washing his hands, and he's humming and that, Dancing Queen oh, right. <laughs> by ABBA. And that, and that is Anthony Hopkins. Jonathan Price okay. is, is amazing in this movie, and you know I don't use that word lightly, but he is so good as Pope Francis. Jonathan Price is playing Francis. Yes. Okay. And last year, he was playing the obnoxious husband of Glenn Close in The Wife. Yes. He was the Nobel Prize winner. That's right. And he has won a Tony Award for playing the sleazy engineer in Miss Saigon. Mm-hmm. So he has had quite a stage career. And then he's in movies intermittently. He's not yeah. in that many great movies, but if you, but this one, he really, he just embodies Francis so well. And so, but Anthony Hopkins is really good oh, as yeah. as Ratzinger. So you've got the conservative Ratzinger and the progressive Bergoglia. And do they call them that, or do they call them by their pope names? Do they, they call, call them by their pope names. Benedict yeah. and Francis. Right, right, right. So, Benedict. but 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 before before Francis but before, is before Francis. when they were cardinals. Right. Yeah. So so anyway, uh, everybody knows this story in the church. Um, Benedict's having crisis of faith because of all the doubts, because of all the child abuse mm-hmm. and, and all that. And he's having crisis of faith. He says at one point, I am not hearing God anymore. Like he was like, God talks to me, you know, as a Pope. Right. Because he's supposed to be the he's human vessel. Be infallible. Right. Yeah. And he goes, I am not, I'm not hearing him. He is not. And he was just he's having, not telling him what to do. Right. So he was having this, you know, self doubt and everything. And, uh, Bergoglio was really tired and frustrated with the church and all the the lack of progress, and he wanted to retire. So the the basic is they they they're in Rome together. They're talking. They confide in each other their flaws, and they both is had this true. Mm, I'm not sure. Or is that a story device? Yeah, yeah, story yeah, device. yeah and we, of course we don't know what they were saying to right, each other. Yeah. Who, but who really? wrote this? Oh, uh, the guy is Andrew McCartan, and he wrote the biopic, which I know you don't like, Bohemian Rhapsody. But he also oh, wrote. So that makes me think it's not true. <laughs> and he also wrote the Theory of Everything. Oh, and, I love that movie. Yeah, and what else did I he know write? I don't. He's I a don't. he's writes a lot of. Um, what else did he Period write? Pieces? Kevin, Kevin Steincross said he wrote. What else did he write? I, I don't can't know. remember. But anyway, he. If Theory you look up Andrew McCartan, she is better than he is in Theory of Everything. By the way, <laughs> she should have won and an so, award. Not and him. and so uh, it's really fascinating. Well, just because of the two actors, mm-hmm. but uh, and this so, is on Netflix now. Uh yeah, and well, December twentieth. Doesn't go oh, to Netflix. Okay, I'm sorry. The, it's in theaters now for theaters a now. week. It's in theaters starting this Friday, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. And then it'll be on Netflix uh, December 20th. And uh, so all of a sudden, you know, they, they become these trusted allies and and uh, they're so opposite each other. Pope buddies. And, and uh, yeah. uh, Borgogli is down in South America and he's listening to, but uh, there's this running theme about them talking Latin and English. It's really funny, you know, when they leave Rome. Well, yeah, because they, one speaks German, the other one speaks <laughs> Spanish. Yeah, and so when they're leaving, they go, oh, we're so glad we don't have to talk English anymore. Yeah. And it's just really funny. And they go, so many exceptions to so many rules. Mm-hmm. And so yes. it's just it's just little funny things like that. So anyway, uh, he he's wrote on the TV. The Darkest Hour. The Darkest Hour. Oh, okay. And he's he's also, so. He's from New Zealand. Pope Francis is, uh, I mean, Pope 
Benedict is reading his weekly thing that he does, and he announces that he's retiring. And the whole Catholic Church just goes like, what? (laughs) And so, so then it shows Pope Francis becoming the Pope. And it's it's really delightful too because he's so humble and he changes things and, and Try, well, he uh, tries to change things. You know, well, yeah, upsets the American cardinals, and, right? But what's really nice about this film is it's beautifully shot. Is it shot in Vatican City? Uh, yeah, a lot of it yeah. is shot there. I'm sure they're doing a lot of green screen trickery for some shots, but yeah, one of my uh, one of my. Uh, Priest friend said that he could tell what was real and what was not real. Okay. But the oh, Sistine Chapel with the frescoes and the ancient history, all the traditions, the they pageantry of the church. I know, but I mean, you know, whatever they recreated is mm-hmm. just gorgeous. And they use all that. They use the the backdrop of Rome. They use, uh, like, you know, they're in the helicopter coming and you see the Colosseum. And, and it's just beautifully shot. And then in, in South America... That's a whole other thing, and then you know you got all that history of a uh, uh, political political unrest and and all that. So that's part of Francis's story. Military coups and this and that. Yeah. The director is Fernando Morales, Let's see, and he directed the acclaimed City of God, mm-hmm. and he directed one of my favorite movies from the last decade, The Constant Gardener. And if you haven't seen it, it is Ray Fiennes best performance ever it's so good it's the one that won rachel vice the oscar for supporting actress and it is so good but anyway he just he has just this great style and it just draws you in and you become riveted to a couple popes sitting around talking yeah so yeah it's a great great film i gave it an a what'd you give it i didn't get to review it from our site oh. but if i were i would i would definitely uh give it uh three and a half out of four yeah really yeah well that's awesome yeah. i am going to see it before i have to vote on things tomorrow i'm glad you reminded me about how it's coming on netflix because i forgot to say yeah, that yeah. <laughs> well you know it was at tell you ride first and then it was yeah yeah. Exactly. Well, um, Netflix, speaking of, uh, four of our ten top ten films by the St. Louis Film Critics nominations are Netflix movies this year. Yes. They had a very strong, strong year. And it's not that they gave us pizza after Two Popes, and it's not that they flew me out for the celebration of black cinema. It's because they're really good movies. And as last year... And but as our buddy Dan said, they flew him out to go see Shaft, and that wasn't going to get any award this no, year. No, that was Warner Brothers right. that flew him out there. So I mean, so critics are accused of yeah, all studios do it, but I can't be bought. And the Golden Globes is nothing but graft, right? But I will say something good about the Golden Globes that Ricky Gervais is hosting. Well, besides that. They put Lion King in the animated category. Because it is. Yes, because it is, and Disney doesn't like that, you know. And no. I was like, no, it, it's, it's, it's an it's animated, animated film. film. They also put The Farewell in Foreign, which the studio was like, do not do that. <laughs> but they went ahead anyway. Good. Those wacky because foreign press I argued, people. I argued that it should be, even though it's, it's, it's an American film, I understand that. But our the name of our category is... 
foreign for language yeah. film, yeah. which is what it is. All right. Are we going to talk about our nominations? Yeah, sure. Okay. Let's go. Sure. Let's go. This is the first year we picked 10 films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was surprised at the, at the meeting that uh, that came up. I was like, oh, I didn't know well, there we was had, discussion about there that. There was a tie for nine. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't know there was a discussion about expanding it past five. You know, well, so I think nice. I think we've brought it up before. We just never acted on it, okay. and uh, you know, I'm okay with six, but nobody else seems to be. So um, that's when. But the six are the ones like Lupita Nyong'o and. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, you mean the other? Yeah, yeah, the six yeah. and stuff like that. We is kept just, it at five for everything except picture, which yeah. I would like to see in Lupita in there. I would like to have seen Aquafina. Like to see Walter Paul Walter Hauser in the Best Actor. Yeah, what we did do though is we have Eddie Murphy and Adam Sandler. Mm-hmm. We are unique in that because Golden Globes has uh, Christian Bale and uh, Taron Edgerton. I do agree they would be on my top ten. Both of those guys for Rocket Man. Yeah, okay. he was great, but my personal favorite in that is Jamie Bell. I know you do. I know you <laughs> I know. like Jamie Bell. I know. I'm, t- I'm tied to him ever since he was a little nine-year-old Billy Elliot. Uh-huh. So, so, but um, Bryce Dallas Howard was getting some love for for. Uh, but I will say because I get the Hollywood Reporter every week, mm-hmm. they I just got this big book about Rocket Man. They are promoting the hell of it. They are promoting. They want it to be like Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's not. Here, let's, let's talk about the 10 films that we have. Okay. In alphabetical order, starting with the numbers. 1917, Dolomite is My Name, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Little Women, A Long, Jay, a long Day's Journey into Night, which is not what you think it is. No. Uh, uh, Marriage Story, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Two Popes, and a movie I'm not going to see, Waves. And so that is that, those are the 10 that we are voting on. Do you mind saying what you're going to vote for? No, Should I'm gonna that? I'm gonna vote for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because it nothing has knocked it off my perch since July. I don't think that is my favorite film of the year, but I'm probably going to vote for it. Why? And it's a th- it's a three were here for mm-hmm. what a hat trick, I guess. Of those movies, that is the best one. Yes. Yeah, is that why you're voting for it? It's not your well, you, your favorite's Farewell, right? I do love the Farewell. I do love the Farewell, and I really for a long time I liked Judy. And she, hey, best actress. Well, let's go to director. Uh, Boon Jong-ho for Parasite. Sam Mendes for 1917. Martin Scorsese for The Irishman. Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And Taika Waititi for Jojo Rabbit. I think that's a great list. That is a nice list, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bombeck got left off. He was six. Yeah, yeah, that would have been And nice. also Greta Gerwig got left off for Little Women. She, little Women here. got totally shut out at the SAGs. That's and so, really, yeah, not even like ensemble. Ensemble, no. really? Wow. I know you know. It, it uh, has Parasite been made got ensemble. It's been made seventeen times. Uh, oh, Para- well, sure, sure. Parasite. But this, this version's good. Yeah. Oh, this movie is so good when it starts. Tracy Letts is her editor in the beginning. I just love this movie. From I'm that. going. I'm. I'm going. Parasite. I'm going Korean. You go Korean too. for best director. I am. I am I, too. I'm. I. Well, I was really torn between Jong Ho. Scorsese, but I will go with Tarantino. You're going to go QT? I'm going with QT for this. I'm uh, going with, uh, 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 yeah, Bong Ho. Uh, it's uh, Boon Jong Ho. Ho. And so it's really Jong Ho, his first right, name. And right. B- Boon. Boon is his last yeah. name. Yeah. Um, I think 
his style is just incredible. And mm-hmm. the way he made that movie, the way he shot it and blocked <laughs> kicks it. down the stairs. Oh, the way he shot it she and blocked it down. and the secrets revealed. And then it's, it's uh, you know, I'm not ever saying the secrets revealed right. in a review. But then that's not just that's not it. it. There's, it just starts wait, into this downward. More. Yeah. And then it keeps going. And you're just like, ha my goodness and you can't reveal it to people but it's so well constructed Mm -hmm. and i just think um besides the most original story of the year i just think the way he directed that uh that scene in the living room and the kid in the Mm -hmm. tent and just that is a very erotic scene (laughs) just yeah. And it sh- and there's no nudity in it. Wow, yeah. wow. I I just love the scene when uh, Mr. Kim is driving uh, the rich guy around mm-hmm. and Mr. Park and uh, Mr. Park's complaining that his wife can't cook and she's a terrible housekeeper and <laughs> Mr. Kim goes oh, something about why'd like you marry why'd her? you marry her and he just starts laughing, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> I just think the little touches of that, and then the 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 poor people, the um, the Kims, they live in that basement apartment, and then the guy urinating and right, right. Yeah, more than oh, once. My oh my god! Well, I tell you about Tarantino. My my choice, I, I I could just feel the passion in almost every frame of this this film yes. that he just mm-hmm. adores that uh, that time, that time in period. Hollywood yeah mm-hmm. and, oh. and it's just infectious the, the sense of fun in it that he if he had a time machine I think he'd, he'd that's where there. he'd want to go yeah exactly he'd open we, a video store we, we, <laughs> we talked to, to well he it. owns the theater where they have the the movie of uh, the wrecking crew mm-hmm. and uh, Sharon Tate goes to see that he owns it he is such a fan of Hollywood I thought this was his most complete film I thought the cast was it's out on Blu-ray right now. Yeah, and, and and streaming, and and so yeah, that's one of our big. Uh, I wonder what the special features are. Well, I wanted to find out, but Best Buy doesn't have the super deluxe edition. Oh. I was like, come on, did man. they put an extra episode or two of uh, Bounty, Bounty Hunter? Hunter? Yeah, I don't know. There. I know there's a there's oh, Bounty Law. Bounty Law. Oh, Bounty Bounty Hunter. Mad Magazine parody in there. So there yeah. Go. Well, it's so dense with details. Mm-hmm. And I was oh. alive during that period. And what's like just the little touches, for instance, they play a Paul Revere song when. Paul Revere and the Raiders. When Paul Revere and the Raiders, when Sharon Tate is. Uh, she has few lines in this film. Right. Yeah. But and so she's playing a Paul Revere and the Raiders song. Paul Re- uh, Mark Lindsay, the lead singer of Paul Revere and the Raiders, lived in the Sharon Tate house with Terry Melcher, and that's when Charles Manson would stay with Terry Melcher. Mm-hmm. So, so there's all those little inside things that oh, he well, has I just, done. I love it at the, the scene at the Playboy Mansion. Uh, Steve McQueen is talking to this blonde, and it. Uh, I thought it was Joey Heatherton, but it's actually Connie Stevens, who right. was the and first. You, who was the first wife of James Stacy, who's in the TV show Lancer that the Rick Dalton character right. is in. And, and you don't find these things out until you read the credits. Who these people were playing because they're just. Well, like I said, I thought, background. It was, I thought it was right. Joey for a minute, though. I thought what the hairstyle was. He captures, he nails all that those westerns, every because that's all we watch, you know. Because if you grew up. In that era, with I me, mean, that's people what your of a grandparents. Age? Yeah, people of a certain age, like okay, the TV as as Dakota Fanning as Squeaky From says, mm-hmm. it was like 
on Sunday night. It was like you watched Bonanza, you watched, mm-hmm. you know, you watched the, you FBI, watch the FBI, you and so it's just so fantastic. But Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio, they're just at the top of their game and they never worked together before and wow. it's kismet. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of that, best actor, Adam Driver for Marriage Story, Eddie Murphy for Dolmite is My Name, Joaquin Phoenix for Joker, Jonathan Price for Two Popes, and Adam Sandler for Uncut Gems. I'm going Sandler. And I'm going Murphy. And I'm going Phoenix. Because there is not a, uh, I say this all the time, there is not a braver, more fearless actor working today than Joaquin Phoenix, and his Joker is one for the ages. Well, I have admiration for Sandler because mm-hmm. he was really getting getting into some territory he has never explored before on film. Oh, he, but, he, he's so good. He but, is good. I'm this, going Sandler. This, but Dolomite hasn't energized Eddie Murphy, who's mm-hmm. the best he's been in years. And a, a very complex character, actually, that, uh, you know, he's he's desperate to get fame. He knows that he's about to age out of it. And then at the same time, he's embarrassed by his own body in one scene. He's got to do uh, a, a love scene, and he's, he's worried sick about it. So know? let's make it funny. The, the, yeah, the, yeah. the interaction is so good in that film. I watched it again. It before so went, before I went out to California. A friend of mine, a young African-American who didn't know about Dolomite, I said, you should watch this movie. And he's like, "I." he told me today, I'm glad you made me watch that movie because now I'm going to go find the original exploitation stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, it's so good. But yeah, no, I th- I'm really happy they got nominated. And oh, I'm yeah. really happy Jonathan Price is up there. And Adam Driver's spectacular in Marriage Story. I don't think he's ever we, been. Those better. are five really strong oh. choices. Oh, yeah. Either oh, yeah. any of them could win. Oh, yeah. And Terrific I'd be okay stuff. with it. Or even it. Driver or Price. And yeah. you'd be happy with as well. Oh, All sure. right. Uh, best actress, Cynthia Erivo mm-hmm. right. for Harriet. She was Harriet Tubman. Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story, the first of her two nominations. Uh, Saoirse Ronan for Little Women, Charlize Theron for Bombshell, and my pick is Renee Zellweger for Judy. I I have a nice place. I still like that movie, and nothing else has – my, my opinion of the film has dipped, but not for her performance. And she yeah. sang Well, she's still the beautifully. front runner. Yeah, I guess so, although – But I you're not I- voting for her. Although I think Scar- Scarlet is really coming up there. I I was what well, was going to say Charlize, but I am now I'm pushing a little more towards uh, Charlotte or Scar- 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 Someone Scar- said that Bombshell is this year's Vice. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that, but I did. It has some but sequences Vice that are very. Was also serious. nominated for lots of awards last year. Yeah. yeah well, anything. Charlize is remarkable as as uh, Megan Kelly. Megan, Megan Kelly. Kelly. How looks they just like her looks yeah. just like her, yeah. and uh, I I'm be torn between uh, Scarlett and Charlize. I can't oh, make up my mind. One. Yeah, no, right. I can't make up that's my why, mind. That's why Judy could win because a lot of people split, split the vote. Exactly. Uh, best supporting actor Wesley Snipes and Dolomite Joe Pesci, great performance in The Irishman. Al Pacino, good performance in The Irishman. Anthony Hopkins in The Two Popes, but the person that is going to win. Is not really a supporting actor. He is the lead. It is Brad Pitt. He's the second lead. He probably has more lines than the lead Leonardo DiCaprio in that film. That happened with Fargo with William H. Macy. And it also happened with the last Quentin Tarantino movie. It happened in uh, not Django Unchained. Django Unchained with Christoph Waltz and Django. 
Or, or Inglorious Bastards. Oh. No, Jamie okay. Foxx. Jamie Foxx and Christoph Waltz. I, I maintain that Christoph Waltz is a lead in that movie until he's not. And then, <laughs> but also in Glorious Bastard, that's an ensemble piece. Yes. Well, I'm going with Pitt also. Not just because he has so many lines, but he's just so But he shouldn't be supporting actor. He should be lead. He should be, but if he's in this category of the five, I'm voting for him. He yeah, was great. He's a, if he to was me, actor, I'd vote for him. If he was lead, I would vote for him. He's a shoe-in. He's never been better. He has an Oscar. As a producer That's right. for 12 Years a Slave. And he was only nominated for 12 Monkeys. Come on. And that was supporting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's so good in A River Runs Through It. Oh, my God. That'll he's, break your heart. You're he's supposed he's to, very funny in Inglorious Bastards, too. You're yeah. not supposed to give them for a body of work. It's for individual performance. I know. I oh, know. Speaking but of that, it's Best Supporting Actress, where we have Annette Benning. That's what I'm voting for. Laura Dern in Marriage Story. Uh, Annette Benning in the report. She's the best thing about that movie, which is... Not that great. Uh, ScarJo and Jojo Rabbit. Oh, I do love her. Florence Pugh and Little Women. What? Uh, she was also in Midsummer and Fighting with My Family. But then we have Margot Robbie in both movies. One where she talks, the other one where she doesn't. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Bombshell. We decided to do the... Combine them. Combine. Yeah, yeah. So we could have a little woman in there. Yeah. Ah, boy, this is a this is a tougher category. Annette, Annette Benning is the best thing about Report, and it just shows that she still knows what she's doing. Right. I'm going with Laura Dern, Mary's Story, because... Ugh, I she, hate her. You hate Laura Dern? No, no, I hate the character. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, but she's, she's so she's good great. In it. She's great at it, yes. She Jim? is. Oh, boy, I... Uh, gosh, I'm going to go with uh, Margot. You're going with Margot? Yeah, yeah. Are you leaning towards Bombshell or? More towards Bombshell. I think she's got uh, more to do in Bombshell. Although she's certainly uh, she's terrific. The as, as, yeah, she's like a, a Hollywood free spirit in mm-hmm. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And Most of her lines are through a speaker. <laughs> at the very end of it. Mm-hmm. Although she has a you know that great sequence you know, with the, at, at the movie the, theater. At the movie theater. And she has some dialogue with Jason. What if you're Brayden. in the movie? Yeah, yeah, and she's yeah. People, the other characters talk about her. That, like I say, I mentioned Steve McQueen. His his whole thing about you know the kind of guy she likes. Great, uh, original great. screenplay, Marriage Story, Parasite, Booksmart, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Queen and Slim. I think I'm gonna go. Oh, man, did you watch Queen? Did you? I watch? did watch Queen. I watched. I've seen all of, all five of these films. I think I'm gonna have to go with Parasite. Me too. It's. Quentin again for me. You're going. You're going once upon a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it is original. Because it didn't it happen. It is original, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it is it is very dense. And I applaud him. Uh, he's my runner up in in those categories. But I just think Parasite's just so incredible. Original. Original. Uh, adapted. Two Popes. Joker. Jojo Rabbit. Little Women. The Irishman. I think I went. I think I went Joker on this or Jojo Rabbit. I'm not sure. I'll have to check the tape. Hey, it's Jojo for me. Jojo Rabbit? Yep, yep. And for you, lady? I'm voting on Irishman, even though you say it's not. Thing. I just think yeah, Steve it is. Yeah, it, it is adapted from a horrible lie. A Steve Zalian, I thought, just it's just epic storytelling to me, the way he weaves it all in. And I just want to say, if Brad Pitt wasn't in supporting, I would be voting for Pacino as Hoffa, because Pacino hasn't been this good in years. 
He's just brilliant. Yeah, but Joe Pesci's the better of the two well, in that he, movie. Well, yeah, Joe Pesci is really good. I just felt he's still playing Joe Pesci. But he's well, not. no, he's not. He's, he's not yeah, playing right. the characters from Casino and Goodfellas. No, because yeah. sure. he's the yeah. boss. Yeah, he's calm. He's the voice of reason. Right. They call yeah. him the gentle Don, yeah, or the or, or the, the quiet Don. Don. The quiet gentle yeah. Don was uh, Harvey Keitel's character. Yeah. Oh, okay. The yeah, the yeah. the way he asks for things is yeah. I I give you that. Yeah, yeah. It is. And the wife smoking, is. but yeah, yeah. Um, but. But Zazalian just did so much with that book. I'm not condemning you yeah. for it. It's a good choice, but just not our choice. <laughs> um, I'm skipping the uh, the ones in the weeds. I'm the because, technical stuff. Yeah, I'm yeah. skipping the technical stuff. I'm going to go, you know, because we have specific ones for our group. Best action film, 1917, which isn't really an action film. Alita Battle Angel, Avengers Endgame, Captain Marvel, John Wick's 3. It's John Wick, young lady. Parabellum. I'm sorry. That's okay. Which Lynn finally saw. <laughs> she saw John Wick 3 without seeing one or two. I will I, say, I did see parts of one, but not in, in did sequence. Did you see the dog die? Yeah, I know. Okay. Well, uh, I did not really see, yeah, I did not see, see, see but yeah. Well, was it that the credit in Deadpool that was directed by the guy that killed John Wick's dog? <laughs> yes. John Wick, th- oh man, I'm. I'm, Max is trying to convince me to go to Alita Battle Angel because he does love that and he thinks that if we give it awards they will make a sequel Rodriguez and oh I don't think so that I, it did well internationally well I had have to it did have to do better than it did in the states it's for but sure. I, th- I think it's going to be Avengers Endgame that's, a, well, that's yeah. a one for me now did you see what Vulture did they listed all 5200 movies of the decade and they put Avengers last and avengers endgame last oh right. come on well that's clickbait because you know, and but they also have the hobbit they have the hobbit trilogy but mostly the first one <laughs> that's also in the bottom 50 so oh, well. uh, they're number one uh, here's you don't have to click it now it's a uh, melancholia okay that's uh, odd but they also as you know this will upset me tree of life is in their top 10 I told you people were going to be voting Ugh, for that garbage. Oh, it's so hard. We're go- we're going to be voting for our top uh, fifteen in the 2010, and I've got 25. I've got a pair of ten of them down, and All it's right. just um, hard. Did you guys both agree on Avengers? Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, animated feature: How to Train Your Dragon Three, Hidden World, Frozen Two, Klaus, The Missing Link. It's just Missing Link. The Missing Link is not. That. See, Lynn. Lynn's been getting grief from everybody about every little thing she does wrong about this. I'm just doing it in person. <laughs> and uh, Toy Story 4. I'm not calling her out in front of the yeah. whole group. I'm just yeah. doing it in front of everyone that's listening that's right, right now. It uh, takes a lot of courage to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I was torn between Frozen 2 and Toy Story 4, but I think I'm actually going to go with Dragon. Because it, it, really? it is a fascinating and it is a good ending to that trilogy. Okay. It is really good, but i got to go with Toy Story 4. It's just so. Max is going to go with Frozen Two because he thinks it's in, he thinks that is in its top. He has now seen it twice and is go, it's moved into his top ten. Really? Yes. Well, well, it's definitely Toy Story Four for me, which will be in my top ten. Although I have loads of admiration for the art in Klaus. It is a beautiful looking film. They're it looks hand drawn, but it's it does. Not. It does. It's trying to combine hand drawn two uh, D type animation and model modeled uh, shadows and, and coloring with CGI. And uh, it's great. It's just a shame that uh, we don't have 
uh, the, the remarkable choices that we had last year in the same category. Right. You know, we nothing nothing has the wit of uh, Isle of Dogs, and nothing is the innovation Still the, love it. of uh, of Spider Man into the Spider Verse. So love it but as well. We're the only ones that have voted for Klaus. If you notice that, really, yeah, well, we, another Netflix that, mil- movie. Yeah, the only one that's ones that headed in our their top five animated. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. If you look at if you look at the SAG and the Golden Globes and wow. uh, other groups, yeah, I yeah. I know. Best comedy. This really breaks my heart. Booksmart, Dolomite Is My Name, The Farewell, Jojo Rabbit, and Knives Out. I really want to vote The Farewell for something, but it's not my favorite comedy. My favorite comedy is Booksmart. And mine is Jojo Rabbit. Mine is Jojo Rabbit, too. Although was it, It's uh, a tragic comedy. That's what uh, Max was saying the other night. He said, yeah, I was really surprised at how dark it is and how sad a lot of it is. And I said, yeah, but it's when it's funny, boy, it's really funny. I can't imagine anything funnier <laughs> in parts, and that's why I'm going with it. Just the lines, uh, some of the lines. Really? But it is very poignant and touching, and it goes in different directions. Now, I, I would like to say that we have not voted yet. We're just doing this right on the right. road. So we might change our minds before tomorrow at 5 o'clock. Right. Best horror film, The Lighthouse, Midsummer, Parasite, Ready or Not, or Us. I am torn between Parasite and Us, even though I think Us is overrated and not as good as Get Out. Well, you are true about Us, sir. I, I agree with you on that. Uh, I'm that's going the Parasite. Only one. Yeah, that's... Yeah, so oh, so they they have Parasite in the horror film. Yeah, yeah. yes, well, which a lot of people gave us grief online about. Oh, right, what the horrors of modern living is that? What is I don't know how this made in there because I actually voted for Midsummer for horror film because I hate it so much. It is was a horror to watch. Well, um, I do think Parasite is uh, gender bending. It does have elements of horror. It does have elements of comedy, and it has elements. Well, do you mean genre bending? Maybe. Yeah. Did I, what did I gender say? Gender bending. bending. I was like, oh. I was trying to think. Oh, well, there nobody's uh... technically. <laughs> technically, there is a gender bending thing because usually you think of Final Girl. There is no final girl in this. That's true. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry. Genre bending. Oh my God. Thank you for correcting me. It's okay. I'm sorry. I know. You know. Yeah. We say gender bending but so that, much. That is actually bending. what I just mentioned is one of the most heartbreaking things about that film. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. And then this is a this is a category that is unique to us. Has anyone else stolen this yet? The best scene. Best yeah, scene. No. Mm. I just want to back up and say us is really overrated and i figured out the twist right away and so the movie doesn't work for me so that's why i am not voting for it and dan dan yelled at me because i said i figured it out in the first eight minutes he's like doesn't that mean that you can't enjoy because i looked at the clock and i said well here's where i figured out what happened (laughs) and he's like well did that ruin the whole movie for you Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> it kind of did. Well, I think the ending is just awful. It's, it's a mess. Yeah. Well, what Dan loves it, and Dan will argue about it, and I'm not getting into it with Dan. Luckily, he's not here. Yeah, um, but it is. It is a mess. It can't. Yeah. Best so anyway, scene. That's a hard. That's this, a hard category this year. I pushed. I pushed for this one, and I voted for it. But I'm not going to vote for it. Lynn has convinced me to change my best scene of Captain America saying finally. Avengers Assemble in Endgame, which is really well done. Then you have two scenes from Marriage Story. You have his scene and her scene. Those will cancel each other out. Well, is it really her scene? that You were talking about the oh, scene in the apartment. Oh, no, it's their fight. I'm sorry. It's sorry. Oh, her fight. scene didn't make it. Yeah, her yeah. scene didn't make the, the top. It was a nominee. It was a nominee. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's, this, it's the fight scene in the apartment and then his song, which 
I I would have gone the other way. I think if if it would have been one, her scene is better than his scene. But There's that, so many good scenes in that movie. Yes. It's hard. And then you have the uh, uh how do you the spawn ranch in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and right. that's that but that's it is, it is such a long scene. But that tension is something else. Yes. I, I I don't know if that honors the the, the true the true scene. It yeah. is a sequence. Yeah, you're yeah. right. So are you talking about when he meets George or the, the right the, the thing or if where he's, he's beating the guy up for the car or when or, he's just trying to talk his way into there past Squeaky from because there's also because there's all it also cuts away to them go getting the guy on the horse yeah so yeah. it's really yeah. not really one scene but Lynn you have convinced me the gasping scene in yesterday is. The o- that is the only probably universal film. I don't know if enough people have seen it, though. But everyone that sees the film with more than one person has the exact same reaction. And you were there, Jim. Yeah. You probably I heard the gasps. And you they were to... audible. And any movie that can do that should win that scene. Well, one of our brother uh, reviewers said that they thought it was gruesome. Ghoulish, ghoulish was the term I think he used. Our, uh, but it the, still uh, uh, made you gasp. Contrived, like contrived. Contrived. Okay, well, yeah. What else was it going to be? I know. To me, that just was like, oh, everybody. I mean, seriously, everybody just went, <gasps> and then it's like sixth sense. Nobody's telling anybody until they see the movie. And now, you know, well, now it's out on Blu-ray. But I still think we have to be judicious and not ruin because it is one of those movies there when you see it and if it's not ruined for you you're gonna gasp too. yeah it's a response and to me that's the best part of it i had like 15 really good scenes this year it was like so hard to pick Uh, so hard to pick even though it's not my favorite scene from avengers endgame i am going to go with avengers assemble my favorite scene of the year was Cap finding out that he's worthy <laughs> and oh, getting yes. the hammer. And uh, I I like to watch uh, the videos, although you know, p- they shouldn't be doing this, but some people have, have made audio recordings inside theaters where the, the film is showing it. It's to, to match up the reaction as to what's going on on screen and the, the hoops and hollers that go out when Cap gets that hammer mm-hmm. is really incredible. So, But no, Avengers Assemble might be, be my pick. And, and and I fought for that, and it wasn't originally on a lot of people's list, and I right. got it in there, and, yeah. now I'm cha- and now I'm changing my mind, <laughs> which we are wont to do. Oh, yes. Well, that's what it is. It's been a good year, though, but it's all at the end. Well, and, you know? and as we said, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is now on Blu-ray. What else is on Blu-ray this week? Oh, well, there's there's quite a bit. Really? And, uh, yeah, there's... um. I know one of them was Manos, which I haven't watched yet. It's part of yeah, our, uh, our one package. of our screener DVDs, I believe. Yes. Well, last week we didn't even get to it, but it was Goldfinch, which we didn't get screened. Yeah. And is generally regarded as one of the as worst a horrible of the year. Um, that is out. Um, the uh, It Chapter 2. Yeah, It Chapter 2 is out. Uh, Hustlers, which still might get. Oh, and uh, they're saying that Hustlers is a uh, oh, is a Christmas movie. Like Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Okay. Hustlers is also That's a Christmas movie. That's true. They have a big Christmas party scene in it. And I'm surprised that uh, you know the J Lo didn't get more votes for a supporting actress for that because she is pretty strong and she got a, a Golden Globe. I think she got a Golden sure. Globe. I think she got a SAG too. And uh, the the divisive documentary in our group is now out on the DVD. 
Linda Ronstadt, The Sound of My Voice, which I still love. I still I love too. it too. I do, yeah, and I I will admit I didn't get to see the David Crosby one, which a couple of our uh, our fellow critics have have loudly chastised but, us. But yeah, but I think it had uh, like one screening for us, and I couldn't make that screening, and they didn't send out. Yeah, they did screeners. I, I saw I sent I out saw a link. link. I, I, I had there was a link to it yeah. online. Okay, well they should yeah. have sent out a disc of it. <laughs> yeah, Who on them for not doing that. I know. I mean, I know the the whole point about like, well, a music doc is a music doc. But the Linda Ronstadt one, how she was such a force to be reckoned with in the music business and how she changed her style over the years. And then now when she's got the Parkinson's, how it affects her. It is a really gripping story. Yeah. And I tell absorbing. you, it's, it's hard, to, hard to think of anything more heartbreaking than that last sequence with her kind of looking on as her uh, her relatives are playing and her wanting to sing along, you know. Right. Yeah, it is. It is really good. For documentary, though, Apollo 11 is a technical marvel. And then the majesty of space and what the world accomplished. That was staged, Lynn. That was on the sound stage. <laughs> Capricorn won, Lynn, for goodness sake. Because <laughs> uh, they have all this new audio and video. And when they are descending onto the moon... And you know they let... But it's just so thrilling, counting down the seconds. And it's just... Remarkable, and I think um, that is just a film that I just don't think it can be beat. No matter what political or social injustice film is out there. Speaking of films that you should definitely catch and that are documentaries, I saw uh, looking at the RFT that uh, the "They Shall Not Grow Old" will be a Fathom event again. I guess this uh, this coming th- Wednesday is the Wednesday the eighteenth. Yes, so it is. is. So uh, if you didn't see that film or haven't seen that film yet, I highly recommend it. So it's very entertaining. Jim Lynn wanted to take off next week, and I told her that would be foolish because there's a little independent film put out by Disney that comes out next Friday. Yes, that we're going to see early next week. I didn't want to take off next week. You said we should do two this week and then... No, um, next week we should do two. Okay. Because the 27th, I'm in Chicago. Oh, okay. So this was... Oh, no, we're doing Star Wars for sure. <laughs> okay. Oh. And and Cats. <laughs> yeah, we're seeing Star Wars and Cats on the same day. Isn't that weird? That's no. A, that's, that's odd. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm on the fence about Cats. Uh, I will we'll preface this as a, a full disclosure... Cats is my least favorite musical of all time. Oh, well then. So it is with trepidation. I don't know. I might laugh through the whole thing or I might be entertained. Who knows? Because it does have a good cast. Or I might just be aghast. You might be like the, uh, the the audience of the producers of For Springtime for Hitler. Just yeah. sitting there. And oh. I just want to say the last time it was at the Muni, half the audience left in intermission. So. Talk about bad taste. Oh, singing kitties. <laughs> Those singing kitties when they get the the when they get the Siamese cats doing their playing. Oh, I think they cut God. that out. Oh, but do you like Tom Hooper? I liked Lee Miz, but I don't know. He's uh, I had some problems with that one. Yeah, he uh, he uh, Neil Patrick Harris mocked him on the Tonys with all the close-ups and mm. and and everything. So I don't know, maybe revisionist. But no, for sure next week we have Star Wars. Rise of Skywalker. Skywalker. Not Rise of the Skywalker. 
The Rise of Skywalker. Skywalker. Or just call it episode nine. Which opens, and Bombshell opens, and Cats. And, and Hidden Life, I believe. Terrence Malick's film Yes, opens. and then what is this Black Christmas that opens tomorrow? Oh, that, that opens tomorrow. It's a, it's a remake, isn't it? It's, is well, it the one day, from 76 it? that I love so much well, that's it's terrifying? Well, it's a remake. I guess it's maybe the second remake of it. I think they remade it uh, maybe about 10 years ago or so. But I've heard that they've... Sorority they've, girls? Yeah, but I've heard that they've they've uh, cut down on it to make it PG-13 because there's a, a woman empowerment message in this one. They all team up the, the, the to gals kill to the take killer. the killer. To kill the killer, yeah, pretty much. Well, when I saw it uh, in college, it, I think it was called Stranger in the House, and it was terrifying. Well, and yeah, it was that, Olivia Hussey. Yeah. And then they, then they yeah. changed it. To Black Christmas. To Black, Black Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, interesting who the director of the original Black Christmas was. Who? Bob Clark. Oh, wow. That's right. Uh, Porky's. And Christmas Story. <laughs> <laughs> so what go. a, what a, where's my phone? Yeah, I, I don't know where your phone is. But yeah. Jim, where can they find you online, sir? You can find me at wearemoviegeeks.com where I've got reviews up today of Richard Jewell and Jumanji, the next level. But and more insightful than what you said here, even though we made you do all the heavy lifting on Jumanji. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> Lynn, where can we find you? I'm in the Times newspapers, which is West End Word, Webster Kirkwood Times, and South County Times. And I am on KTRS every Thursday. And then we're here. I am here, and I'm on Twitter and Instagram at underscore Carl the Intern. You can hear me on the Intercom family of radio stations, which includes 97.1. FM Talk, which is also the home of Y98 and also the home of KMOX, where I'm going to be on Charlie Brennan's show next week, right before we go see uh, Star Wars. And then also I am a contributor with Max on Movies. I'm his co-host on that, and it's a whole bunch of stuff that we that was already released, and you can you can hear how much Max really hates Stuber. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, that was one of our worst movie uh, uh, nominations. Oh yeah, we didn't put worst in there. No, no but never that, that's, mind. we can there talk about that another day. A can of worms. <laughs> I do have to bring up that tonight and so our Friday night and Saturday night at seven thirty, Southwestern Illinois Film Festival. It's an inaugural fest. It's at the campus of Swick mm-hmm. in Belleville. Their film program is fabulous. Dan Cross is just wonderful film professor. They have an outstanding program. My son, Tim, did mm-hmm. go through it and get his degree, his associate degree there before going to Carbondale and getting a cinema production uh, bachelor's degree. Anyway, tonight and tomorrow, 7.30, student films and then films from other people uh-huh. in the area. So it's not but just student son's... films. My uh, son is going to have a retrospective on Sunday at 3 p.m. They're going to show all his dark comedy shorts mm-hmm. um and he he had quite an imagination and then we are having the premiere of the movie we made here in st louis called dad eat dog that features professional actors and Sp- me and <laughs> carl as a voice Lori mcconnell as a voice Lori mac paul cook as a voice and then it has Spencer Sickman as the lead, Shane Signorino. Dan Buffa. Dan Buffa's in it. Joe Moskus, Tom Stockman, People Joe Hanrahan. Yes. And so uh, it's it's very entertaining. And uh, I hope people, but that's at 3 p.m. On Sunday. Oh, this is all open to the public and, and uh, free on uh, Sunday. I'm not sure about the film festival, but I would think it's. 
I th- I would think it would because it's a pu- you know public a university. School. But anyway, I wanted to bring that up. And then what else did we not bring up this week that we were going to bring up? I don't so, know. So uh, just whatever she said. Yeah. Oh, you know what else is out? No. Uh, is we are going to have um, the Tenacious Eats oh, Nightmare Before there. Christmas tonight. Tonight, yeah, just in a few hours, actually. But I, don't know if it'll be I believe, it's, I believe it's sold out. Probably by now. But uh, be on the lookout. Uh, go, you know, go hit them up on Google and find out when the next one is and get your tickets in advance. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, so Say we're what? done. And uh, uh, happy movie viewing. All right, we'll talk to you next week about Star Wars. See ya. Bye.